Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to... Concussion Doc Podcast, episode 136. I'm on with Steve Broglio. He's going to talk to us soon. And, uh, but first, I would like to thank my sponsor, Head Check Health. So, Head Check Health bridges the gaps in concussion care through simple, powerful technology. The organizations like the Canadian Football, Canadian Football League, Track Factory Racing, the Canadian Junior Hockey League, Eastern Washington University, and Volleyball Canada. Rely on Head Check. To, to improve communication and optimize care. Visit headshakehealth.com for more. And I, and I guess also, uh, uh, you can follow me on my social media, so I can doc on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, my my website is concussiontalk.com, and then you'll find my store, which leads you to T Public, which is where I sign my T-shirts, hoodies, mugs, Posters, pose, not posters, not posters. Anyway, there's a bunch of stuff on the T public page. So, but now without all that garbage, I'll talk to Steve, who is kind of joining me to talk about the University of Michigan, University of Michigan Concussion Center, which is director. So, uh, Steve, uh, first of all, because I, I will ask you about your own background, but first, just what is the what is the concussion center and and what do you what do you want? What are you trying to tell the people of the University of Michigan? So uh, the the faculty, staff, students, everybody. Just what are you trying to yeah. So so thanks, Nick. Um, appreciate the invitation to come and uh, and talk to you and your listeners here today. Um, so as you as you said um, in the intro, I'm I'm the director of the University of Michigan Concussion Center, and and we largely operate around three cores. Um, we have a research core, a clinical core, and then an outreach and engagement core. Um, the research core sort of speaks for itself. You know, we're, we're really interested in discovering new knowledge around um, concussion prevention and identification management, understanding long-term effects. Um, clinical core um, is through some of the clinical outlets here at, at University of Michigan. So there's a neurosport clinic, um, the adult and pediatric uh, emergency department. Uh, we work closely with our um, department of athletics. We work closely with student health and rec sports. Um, so another number of different units across campus that we work with to provide clinical care, whether it's um, largely athletes, I would say, is our, our expertise, but we do, um, you know, rec sport athletes, we do um, our varsity athletes, um, students slipping on the ice, um, so all, all comers, if you will. And then the third core is our outreach and engagement, we're um, really um, trying to 
uh, address health disparities around concussion and whether that's knowledge um, or access, um, you know, those are the sorts of things that we're, we're trying to tackle. Um, and we have great partnerships with our high school athletic association, um, Michigan Health and Human Services, Detroit Public Schools, uh, and then various other organizations across the country that we've um, collaborated with on different policy statements and documents. I think um, to, to your question about kind of how we sit on campus, you know, we, we sort of see ourselves as a hub for all things concussion here at the university um, and trying to integrate research into clinical care, um, learning from clinical care, that like, what are the questions that come up in clinical care that can be addressed through research? Uh, and then, like I said, pushing you know good information out, um, whether that's to the public on a podcast like this, uh, or maybe uh, clinical providers to make sure that they have access to the most recent findings to improve their clinical practice. And so to excuse my ignorance of the of geography there, um, so you said Detroit Public Schools, but in all University of Michigan, it's in Lansing, right? And so we are... We, the other school in Michigan is in Lansing. That's oh, Michigan, oh, State. Michigan State. Is in Lansing. Totally yeah, fine. The, the other yeah, yeah. So we're in Ann Arbor, uh, yeah, and so we're Detroit about an and... yeah, we're about an hour outside of Detroit, so it's not too far. Um, okay. And actually, we have some people headed over uh, tomorrow morning. Uh, there's a um, a safety town event that has a concussion portion to it, um, and so we're going to support some of the work there um, tomorrow and on Thursday. Okay, so along with Detroit Public Schools, who I assume you work closely with. As you said, um, how big is the University of Michigan student population? We have our largest student body ever this year, uh, 51,000 and wow. a couple hundred, I think. Jeez. So, so uh, we're a good people. size. Yeah. yeah. What, 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 what do you think people, their students, I guess, as I'm talking about, they need to know the most about concussion that they don't know now? That if you had to get out, not one point, because that's not fair. But uh, yeah. What they want, what do they know about concussion brain injury? Yeah, so I would say our, our student athletes are actually really well informed um, because many of them have come up uh, what I would term kind of the modern concussion era. Um, so as they came through high school sports, they they got exposure to a lot of information around around it. Um, so I think the student athletes are actually really well educated. I think the uh, the general student body just because they don't deal with the yeah. deal with it on a day to day basis, I I just don't think they they have that exposure. So I think. The things that we always try to tell people is, you know, if you suspect you have an injury, stop doing what you're doing and go seek out medical care. Um, it's really clear that if you keep participating in your activity while you're concussed, that that makes things worse. It makes your recovery longer. Um, and even if that's a slip on the ice and then you're like headed to class, um, you know, we know that early uh, return to the classroom before you've had adequate rest is, is can be detrimental. So um, that's that's a bigger challenge because it's harder to reach the general student body than it is um, like a, a focus group like the athletes. Um, but that's the sort of thing that we uh, that we think about. Because I know Michigan, the University of Michigan, it's a very you know, intense kind of this is maybe a word you can use. Uh, student athlete like athletics university league and the, the best basketball in the ninety in the nineties. Now I'm not sure now, but I know they're doing well. Still going to still do well. Basketball, football. Very pop, very and hockey as well. Just easy. Maybe I know about hockey a bit, but uh, I never played it. But I didn't have, I never played it. But uh, weirdly, um. Anyway, but uh. So they, they, they. Do you see the athletes? And what you say, you see the athletes the most. Do they come to you, or are the teams involved with the teams involved with the you know, concussion center? Yeah. So 
Um, every every one of our teams on campus, and I think we have uh, we have twenty some odd sports. I'm not exactly sure yeah. the exact number, but every one of them has a um, an athletic trainer, um, or in Canada, be an athletic therapist um, that works with the team. Uh, and then there's a, a physician um, that may oversee four, five, six different sports. So there's multiple physicians that oversee all the all the different sports. Um, the the athletic trainers are present at at every game in practice. So if there's a suspected event, then the athletic trainer can remove the athlete um, and then do the evaluation um, there on the sideline and make a decision as to whether or not the athlete should go back that day or whether they need to stay out. Um, you know, maybe it's very clear they have a concussion and they definitely aren't going to go back or maybe they're just not sure. And they're going to just hold the athlete out of precautionary measures. Um, so, you know, that's, that's a very, um, we're very fortunate to have that type of structure here to have the, the broad, um, the broad coverage that we do. Um, and then when those athletes are identified, depending on how complex the case is, um, we may or may not see them. So the, the team physicians handle the vast majority um, of the concussion cases um, that happen with our student athletes. Um, but if it's a really complex case, they're not progressing like we would anticipate, um, that's when they would go over to our specialty clinic, Neurosport, um, and to get some further evaluation and um, kind of additional resources that they have. And I guess there's a dash a little about, about yourself and your background, but I saw your, the reason I first, I first reacted to you after I read the article in the Washington Post, which you were, you did some commenting on and, Talking about Tua and tag tag take a low tag a boil below tag a boil tag a boil tag a boil. I go with I just go with Tua. I'm Tua, I, I struggle yeah. with it too. Yeah, take it's a mouthful. Take a boil boil anyway. The Michigan the uh, Miami quarterback. Yeah, Miami Dolphins quarterback who went down twice in in four days and there's big to talk about those from the second infection drum, which of course is very scary, but um. So do you deal? Do you deal mostly? For, I guess well, first of all, start with your. Could you start with your, your background, who you are, and then do you and the, where you did your education? You can see in front of me, but for the audience. Um, but also, but so do you deal mostly with football, or do you sport just in general? You're just all yeah. There. So I um, uh, I'll give a short version of my training. <laughs> yeah. I've been I've been to a number of places. So, um. I, uh, I actually, um, I got my undergraduate degree from University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Um, from there, I went to Pittsburgh, got my master's degree, and then down to the University of Georgia for my doctorate. Um, and then I took my first faculty position at um, University of Illinois in Champaign uh, in 2006, and I was there for about five years, and then came to Michigan, University of Michigan in 2011, and been here for 11 or 12 years now. Um, I would say over my career, I, I definitely started, um, I, I did a lot of work with football early on. And oh. the reason for that is, is it's just, it's the highest risk sport for concussion. So if you're going to spend your time, you know, doing research, yeah. you know, you're kind of biggest bang for your buck as it were. And, um, you're, and you're in Georgia. So, uh, well, yeah, so a little bit of Georgia, but this, I'm, I'm thinking actually mostly at Illinois, I spent a lot of time with high school football. Oh, yeah. Um, when I came to Michigan, I, I kind of started in the football space, but then um, around 2014, uh, myself and um, two of my colleagues, we were funded by the NCA and the Department of Defense to, to do a national study of concussion. Oh. And that actually involves um, every athlete, um, every, every varsity athlete at 30 different sites across the oh. country. So that was 26 or 28 different sports. And that's everything from football and ice hockey and lacrosse 
through um, track and golf and tennis, right? So it's every athlete, every varsity athlete at all the sites were eligible to participate. So um, we, we've really widened our net. Um, and then in addition, I should say, um, we had the four U.S. military service academies involved. So Air Force and West Point, Navy and Coast Guard. A huge, a huge study. It's a big study. Um, and at those locations, every, every cadet on campus was eligible. So at a place like West Point, um, it's like 4,500 cadets a year are on campus. So we had varsity athletes at those locations. We had um, what we call non-varsity um, athletes, the, the general cadet body. Um, so that work has really kind of broadened the horizons on what we do. Um, so all varsity sports, but just military personnel, um, officers um, are, are what we're looking at now. So, um, you know, and, and there's different it turns out people, you know, different personalities go to different sports and that sort of influences yeah. risk and that influences recovery. Right. That, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Cause I was, I'm making the thing your, uh, your, that of your biography that is on the concussion center homepage about yep. us page, uh, that you are a professional, you are, you are a professional kinesiology of neurology and uh, physical medicine and rehabilitation. So, yep. uh, where did, so where did, where did you, I know you said you, you said you went to Pittsburgh in Georgia for your training, but, uh, but, and, and you're, you had the research thing of your, of this concussion center. So, uh, how does that all tie in? Like what research do you focus on? So just to study of this vast group of people. So yeah, yeah. Great question. Detail. Great question. So I would say early in my career, I spent a lot of time, um, looking at, um, different, different ways to evaluate or what were the best ways to evaluate a, an athlete on the sideline or in the clinic. And by today's standards, it seems like the things that we're doing now seem very obvious. Um, but this was back in about 2000, 2005, yeah. Um, we didn't have an understanding. There was not a unified approach to concussion evaluation like there is today. So yeah. I was trying to understand those things. I then shifted um, over to impact biomechanics. And this is a lot of the football work that I was talking about um, yeah. at the high school level. And so understanding which athlete kind of what's the how many head impacts does an athlete take? How severe are those head impacts? Um, does it vary by player position? Does it vary by um uh, the type of play as an offensive play, a def defensive play. Um, we, we looked at it a number of different ways. And then this bigger study that I talked about a second ago, um, that one looked at the acute effects of injury initially. So understanding, trying to understand if the, the football athlete recovers at the same rate as the golfer, um, somebody with two, three, four prior concussions recovers at the some, same rate as somebody with their first injury um, and a lot of other little things in there. Um, now we're shifting towards long-term effects, which I think is what a lot of people are really interested in. So we, in the initial portions of the study, we enrolled about 55,000 individuals to participate. And we're starting to track a subset of those, um, about 10 or 12,000, um, up to 10 years after they've graduated from their institution. Yes. Um, and the long-term goal is to keep tracking them all the way through the, yeah. through life. Um, and so we'll, we do two evaluations every we do one evaluation evaluation every three ish, two to three years. So two over five years for the current funding cycle. Um, and then, so we'll just keep, the idea is to kind of keep tracking them over time and to understand, um, you know, who has long-term issues and then what characteristics kind of maybe predispose them to those issues. Right. Cause then, cause as you, as you mentioned, 2000, 2005, there was no real, not, not just a concussion, just no real, no, not much known about brain brain injury in general, and uh, right. 
And so, and uh, so these longer term studies are obviously essential, very important, but of course they take long term, they take a long time. And not gonna, people, want, people want answers you know, right now. And will I be the CT? Will I, will I have the trouble later in life? But they can't know until doctors can't tell you for exactly for sure, knowing tell you for sure it's gonna happen because you gotta wait to get the results of these studies, which of course have to take Starting, starting in say 2020 of 2005, if they started there, which a few, if any, did, then we are still waiting till 2015, just 10 years. I mean, it's not nothing. Right. And uh, yeah, so you, you've sort of hit, you hit the nail on the head there. I think, you know, to, to get the definitive answer of who may end up with CTE or some sort of neurodegenerative issue, yeah. it's going to take another 30 or 40 years. Yeah. Um, that that's not that's not to say that we won't learn things along the way that can be applied to clinical care. So people will do various studies right. along the way um, that will really inform kind of what this long-term issue looks like. Um, but the the true definitive work um, that you touched on is like it's this prospective longitudinal. So getting yeah. somebody before they are injured and tracking them for as long as you need to 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 really understand. Exactly, which kind of leads me to years. You were you do it. You, you're a professor of physical medicine and rehabilitation. So does that does your biomechanics uh, background come into come into that, or is that why is that why you lean towards that why you're teaching there? Is it just because you want to have a treatment for neural just general yeah. neural issues? So my my primary appointment at University of Michigan is in the School of Kinesiology, right. um, and so that's kind of my what we would term my academic home. I spend yeah. all my time here. Um, my appointments in physical med and rehab and neurology are what some people would call a dry appointment or an adjunct appointment. So, um, um, the, those units were just very generous when I came here and, and they gave me, um, gave me those appointments, but I may lecture, uh, I, I collaborate with a lot of people in both of those units from a research perspective. Um, I may give a guest lecture on occasion. Um, but that's about the extent of, of the time. Okay, so what what do what do you teach in kinesiology about say the brain? Like, the brain is not hopefully not moving more. Hopefully, it is hopefully moving a bit, but not moving a lot. So, kinesiology seems like weird. I don't know, weird, but yeah, yeah. So the, the impact, the uh, the impact, the behavioral, the biomechanics obviously are the biggest issue yeah. there. But I mean, but the brain itself is not moving. So, what do you do you learn about just hitting impact? Yeah, so kinesiology is, um, I like to describe it as kind of the crossroads of a lot of different disciplines. Yeah. Um, so I teach within the athletic training program here. Um, I, I, Depending on what my teaching assignments are, I sometimes teach a class that's specific to concussion. So I'll spend an entire semester talking about different topics within the field. So it could be injury epidemiology, it could be sideline assessment, it could be long-term effects, kind of, it's, it's kind of a broad, um, a broad course. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? 
and some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Um, but we do have a lot of individuals in our school um, that do biomechanics. We have people that do um, motor control. We do people, uh, we have people that do exercise physiology and all of those things in some way kind of tie in. I don't do that work specifically. Um, I do, I don't do the biomechanics work anymore, but I don't, other people are much better at it than I am. Um, but all those things sort of kind of overlay into the concussion space. Um, so we talked about some of the biomechanics work that I've done. Um, trying to understand human physiology to understand the pathophysiology of concussion and then maybe what rehab would look like or exercise interventions as, as a rehab. Um, motor control, um, if you think about some of the balance or the, the gait test that we give, that's a motor control issue um, you know, for concussion. So trying to under, understanding how that works at a, um, like a neuronal level, um, how we maintain balance, how we walk. Um, that can inform some of the work that we do in the concussion space. That, so it's a, sounds, it's, it's, it's a good, yeah, it's a great unit to be in just because we have so many intersecting um, themes. Um, I've worked with people in our sport management program around um, the economics of concussion. So an athlete has an injury, they're out for a certain number of days. Um, you know, what does that cost the athlete? What does that cost the team? Um, and so kind of trying to understand some of that work, um, I've had conversations with people around the policy policies, uh, around concussion, whether that's removal from play or different protocols or those sorts of things. So, um, I feel really fortunate to be in the, in the unit just because of all the diversity of, of knowledge, um, that's here. And then I can tap into when I have these questions. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. So, um, cause I guess the policy is why you positive protocols, why you're asked by the Washington Post to talk about NFL team protocols, but we won't get into that because it's obviously a touchy subject for some. So we won't, we won't talk about that. But um oh uh, yeah so you mentioned the three three cores of your of the concussion center. So in the research core that's I guess where you live is the is more more not live you live in your but in your office or in your Kinesiology, but you know that's your is already you just you direct the whole thing, or do you do do still do research? 
And what um, is, is, exciting, is exciting there now? Yeah. So my, my official role is director of the center. So I sort of oversee kind of all of it. Um, I would say I probably spend the majority of my time on uh, the research and then the outreach and engagement is probably where I spend the majority yeah. of my time. Um, only because um, I'm, I, I'm licensed in the state as a, as an athletic trainer, but I am not, um, I'm not actively engaged in clinical care. So I let the, cl the clinicians are the experts and I let them um, do the thing that they do best. Um, and, you know, we talk to them a lot and, and how we can, um, yeah. how we can learn from them and how we can give information back to them. But they, they really kind of, um, they, they handle that portion of it. Um, I would say at, at a center level, from the research perspective, um, you know, we are focused on kind of this personalized um, uh, healthcare around concussion. And we have kind of four big themes that we think about um, around it. And that's injury prevention, um, injury identification, injury management, and then long-term effects. So, and then we have kind of sub projects within each of those that we're, that we're working on. Um, and we feel that that structure kind of encompasses the full life of the injury, if, as it were, right. Um, so if we can prevent injuries, that's really the best case, um, yeah. because then, then we don't have to deal with any of the, the downstream effects. Yeah. Um, but they're going to happen. So how do we quickly identify somebody, get them out of play? Um, and then once they've been identified, how do we manage that injury? Um, so, you know, maybe not even 10 years ago, maybe even five or six years ago, we were still, somebody had a concussion and we would say, you know, no TV, don't interact with anybody, turn the lights out, yeah. go to a dark closet. And we really found that that has really, um, really detrimental effects on a person's psychology. Yeah. Um, so as the concussion symptoms start to come down over, you know, the weeks after injury, these psychological symptoms start to come up and disentangling those two things becomes really challenging. So we've, we've moved away from that model. Um, and we're using exercise as an early intervention, usually within 24 to 48 hours, we'll start somebody on some really light exercise. Um, and that's showing to improve outcomes. And that's been a great, that's been great for everybody. Um, and then, as I mentioned before, I think the question a lot of people are asking is what are the long-term effects yeah. and trying to really understand that, um, it, not to say that there are no long-term effects, it's clear, you know, CT is a thing it's out there. Um, yeah. but who gets it, why they get it. And then how can we prevent it? I think are the big questions that we're trying to answer right now. Yeah. There's, there's, as you kind of, you didn't mention there, we used to do say one concussion, although I'm not good. Do not try to hit your head, but one one concussion is not does not mean CT. So, and I think there's a lot of history about anybody who gets concussion is going to develop CT or any football player. Football players say, "Oh, they've had one. They must have had a million. but it's not necessarily true. And uh, I think it's just getting getting as many information out there about about your about about concussion and brain injury in general and what effects it can have. So obviously, as we mentioned, it's still going to take a long time to sort out what that means long term. But, uh, you know, as it's can to say, be patient because of listener brain injury. can't really, don't just want to say be patient and waste a bunch of the time, but uh, their life, but, uh, you know, but still, and there's, you don't understand that it's not everything is not built right away. So you have to let nature, let, let, uh, let the, like, science do its thing and just be, and, you know, I hate to say be patient because I just said don't, but, you know, be patient. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just no, there's no way, no way away for me to think I've been saved, but uh, I keep moving my hands up this. I'm distracted. So, so I, I'll just throw in there, you know, the first, I mean, we can argue about when was for, CTE first identified in the yeah. scientific literature and the Martland paper from 1929. And, but really. Is that, is dementia one? Yeah. Dementia pugilistica, punch drunk. Oh, okay. yeah. um, so, you know, that was the, that was kind of, we, we can look back and go, oh, that was the first paper, but really up until about 2006, when Bennett yeah. and Mahler identified it in Mike Webster, no one really thought about it too much. Yeah. So what, what I term is kind of like the modern CT or the modern concussion era. Mm -hmm. I, I mark personally as um, I mark it as actually January of 2007 um, because that's when CTE ended up on the front page of the New York times. And it was, it was because the second CTE case Bennett had found the second CTE case. Um, and then the U S was involved in two um, military conflicts overseas and TBI concussion was the signature injury of those of those conflicts yeah. Yeah. so you had this civilian interest from the sport side and then you had this military interest um and then that's really when um research funding became available when publications started to take off so if you think about 2007 15 years ago yeah almost 16 years ago we're not that far into this no, like no. from a dedicated effort and if you line that up against something like Alzheimer's disease, which was identified a hundred and some odd years ago, um, cardiac disease, which we still don't have a strong handle on. Like there's a lot mm -hmm. of things that have been around a lot longer. Um, you know, we have a ways to go. And um, I, I understand people's frustrations. They want answers. I get it. Yeah. Um, but science is not known to move fast, um, but no. people are working hard to solve these yeah. issues. Exactly. I mean, that's just, it's just so important for, and I was fully kind of, and then what do you, what do you think like the most important thing you would like just not only at the University of Michigan staff and students and faculty to know, but in Detroit students, Detroit public school students and faculty staff, but what would you like just to general public know about brain injury and then, yeah, brain injury in general, just because. Yeah. You know, I think over my career of, 20 some years, you know, I've seen a, a huge shift in the way we think about concussions. I think early on, um, we would say, you know, got his bell rung or clearing the cobwebs or some colloquial phrase. And we've really shifted away from that. We recognize concussion as a brain injury. Um, but I, I would encourage people, I, I think two things. One, um, you know, I think people need to stay active in their, in a sport. And what sport that is, is up to the individual um, to choose. But um, I would just caution them from using concussion as a reason to participate in no sports, right? Exactly. I don't want the risk of concussion. Therefore, I'm not going to do anything. And yeah. I think that's a really bad choice because we know what happens when you're inactive and sit on the couch all day. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, but the, the choice to participate in a sport, you know, that, that's up to the you know, if it's a child, it's up to the child and the family to make the decision. What is the right sport for that individual? For some people, that's football. And for some other people, that's golf. And both are great choices, but yeah. that's an individual choice you have to make. Right. Um, and then kind of, I think with that, if an injury happens, you know, recognize it for what it is, get yourself out of the, out of play and, and get some good health care. Um, and, and I, I understand that not everybody has access to good health care and there's some challenges around that. And that's one of the things we're working on. 
Um, but as, as best you can, um, you know, try to seek help. And speaking of speaking of good health, this is actually not a final question. So if I'm one of the 50, 150, 1,000 students at University of Michigan and I and I do, I don't know, fall or walk in and somebody drops like books on my head or something like that, like, I mean, you know, it's like when I feel like in my head, I feel a bit boozy or feel like I feel a little bit off for a second to, to hurt. And I maybe could have gotten a concussion, but who knows? What, what, what do I do? Where, where do I go? Yeah, so here at the University of Michigan, um, students can go um, to student health. It's called University Health Services. Um, and uh, so they can go there to seek help. Um, our medical campus is, um, it directly abuts against the, the central campus. So um, we have an adult um, emergency room and we have an adult or a child emergency room, pediatrics. So depending on the age, uh, they can go to either. Um, I would say concussion is, is is 99% of the time, not an emergency injury. Um, but if they're the only one open and you're concerned, then that's the place to go. But student health is, is great. Uh, and then depending on your case and your specific needs, they may refer you on to um, our neurosport clinic, or they may refer you on to somebody else that can, that can take care of you. And of course, the outreach section core of the, uh, of the Michigan University of Michigan Concussion Center that's a weird thing that we're difficulty saying concussion, but I do. But uh, yeah, but uh, they'll always just be there for good, make good information and good uh, and good outreach, as generally as I can say. Is I've really never been there. Yeah, so I would I would encourage people to um, go to our website um, concussion.umich.edu. Um, you know, we put as much as we can up on on the website as far as findings and press releases and those things. Um, they can find us on Twitter um, at UMICH Concussion, U-M-I-C-H Concussion, all one, all one word. Um, and uh, we, we post on there uh, daily, just about daily uh, with, with the latest findings. Um, and, you know, but it's, um, you know, we're just continually trying to put information out um, for people to read. You know, there's a, there's a lot of, a lot of people working really hard at this and we're just trying to um, be an amplifier for all that great work. And I think they have a great spokesman. So, uh, so for for, uh, for anybody, uh, this right, I found I found a, I reached out to you to seeing them on on Twitter, and I've read the article, the Washington Post article, which is October fifth, believe, yeah. And uh, so, so just news new after to his injury, and uh, so it just just uh, it was a great great article. So I encourage you to read that at the Washington Post, and. Uh, and, and if you're at Michigan, or even if you're not, you visit our concussion center, Twitter, which is at UMIS Concussion. And, and from there, I'm sure there's a link to, uh, to the homepage for the Michigan Concussion Center, University of Michigan Concussion Center. But uh, with all that said, I'd like to thank you. Thanks, Steve. Thank you for the uh, great interview and for helping all the people that in Michigan and elsewhere throughout this whole issue. Thanks, Nick. Thanks for having me. And uh, thanks for your listeners for tuning in. Appreciate the opportunity. Thanks. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? 
Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.